I definitely had fucking detachable penis stuck in my head today. Like at inappropriate times, I'm like driving my parents around and I almost burst out in song of detachable penis. It's hard to keep in, right? (laughs) Yeah. And I didn't even know that song until you brought it up. You're welcome. God damn! I'm like, if I burst out in song and sing that, how will I explain that away? You can't. (laughs) No. And then people look at you because you weren't the first person that I did it to. And then people look at you like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I'm like, you don't remember the song? And then you look like a weirdo. I'm like, what's it about? Like a guy with a detachable... It's, Never you know mind. What? You have to hear it. <laughs> you know, I read somewhere once that a song stuck in your head is technically your brain itching. Like, is an itch in your brain. Oh, that's weird. Isn't that? I don't know if they didn't use the word technically. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't use scholarly sources. <laughs> but, you know, essentially it's like having an itch in your brain. <laughs> All right. But you mean, can't scratch. And then once you scratch it, the song goes away. What What if it doesn't go away? I what have if you a have trick. it stuck in your, in your head for days? I have a trick whenever I get a song stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. And I sing a silly song. <laughs> and then it gets unstuck out of my head. Oh. All right. Give me your goddamn because I want to know it. Okay. Well. Well, as you know, my car is in the shop because it was acting up, a.k.a. the check engine light came on. Yes. Well, apparently my turbo's broken. I don't know if I told you that. Or you did tell me that. <laughs> apparently, yeah, my turbo's broken. That don't know how that happened. Sucks. Yeah. They said a lot of numbers and they said a lot of things. My boss was like, well, is it still spinning? And I was like, I don't know what turbos do. <laughs> and he's like, they spin. And I was like... I, they said don't it's going like, at 20, 24 when it should be at 26 or one of those. I don't know. <laughs> one of those numbers. So I think they like push air into. Maybe I shouldn't try to explain what I think they do. Because <laughs> then anyone listening who actually knows what they do, they're like, oh my gosh. Like, please up. stop. Brayden said it's it's technically an exhaust system. So covered under warranty, bitches. Ooh, nice. Hell yeah. So I got a rental car and Brandon was like, let's try and get something that's not an escape. And I was like, hell yeah, because I want to drive something that's not something I drive every day, right? Because that's Uh stupid. (laughs) And then he asked the guy, like, can you give us something that's not an escape? And he goes... Um, I can give you an F-150. <laughs> and, uh, I started to giggle immediately because my husband wants a truck so fucking bad. And that's like his dream truck. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'll do that. I just will take that one if that's all you have. I mean, I guess so. They're poor on gas mileage. <laughs> but if that's all you have. <laughs> and I have kept it from him all week. <laughs> Oh, you mean like you've been driving it? Yeah, I've been okay. driving it. He's like, oh, I'm going to drive it. And I was like, bull fucking shit. This is my car, motherfucker. <laughs> this is my rental. Sorry, you're not on the agreement. That's so funny. I didn't even think of that. When I first drove up and I like walked down your driveway and I saw the truck, I was like, maybe like Kevin or someone's here. Like, oh. I don't know who of our friend drives a truck. And then my second immediate thought was like, motherfuck. I literally just rubbed all my mascara all over my face and was like picking my eyelashes on the whole ride over it. And I got the fucking nasty ass rat tail mom ponytail going on. <laughs> and there's clearly a man here. Yeah. And I was like, oh man. Oh, well, it doesn't really matter. They've seen me worse. And then <laughs> yeah, whoever when- it is. When no one was here, I was like, oh, maybe Brandon's grandma drives a truck. Because <laughs> I know you said you guys, or he drove her car back or something, yeah. right? Yeah. And then and then I happened to ask you why you had a truck in your driveway and you got really weird. And said <laughs> we had to record, so. <laughs> yeah, that was my goddamn. Didn't because... even think of a rental. <laughs> 
I should have been like, what truck? <laughs> what are you talking about? That's the murderer's car. I would have freaked the fuck out. <laughs> There's one in your driveway. <laughs> I tried to pull it down farther, like past the sidewalk, because I was like, she's not that observant. <laughs> I would notice a fucking truck in your driveway. I don't, I mean, I might I'm observant enough this. when we're talking about murder. That's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very aware of my surroundings. I look ridiculous getting in and out of it, though, because I'm, sure I'm, I'm a solid 5'2". <laughs> <laughs> You must have a big dick, though. Oh, yeah. It's huge. But I can't... I don't know if you know this about these trucks. They don't... The seat doesn't go up. It just goes oh, forward. God. So it's all the way forward. It's just like your forehead at the steering wheel. <laughs> I move the steering wheel down. And, like, legit, I can't reach the passenger seat. <laughs> like, I put my purse over there when I get in. And I'm like, mm, that's over there now. <laughs> you can't do the, like, mom grab. Like, yeah. oh, careful, honey. Before all your tampons come flying out yeah, when you break. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so I can't and if anyone's on the right like on the passenger in front of the truck I cannot see them oh so. dear lord like a giant blind spot yeah but it's only like for small things like children or small cars <laughs> like other vehicles that are smaller than yours yes which is most of them I'm noticing oh god uh-huh Brandon's like you might want to get some phone books from work and I'm like you might want to go fuck yourself get yourself some pedal extenders <laughs> my boss was like you better be careful and I was like for what I'm gonna be fine <laughs> For others. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else better watch out. Oh, man. Do those suckers come with cameras? A uh, backup camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking, like, how did we live our lives before without backup cameras? I rely on that thing so much now. Uh, I'll be honest. I never use mine. I oh, always man. turn around still. Which, by the way, I've backed out of this fucking curvy-ass driveway, uh-huh. this cliff-sided, rock-sided, curvy-ass driveway. Two for two now. Haven't hit anything. Oh, nice. Tomorrow is Brandon's turn, so I pulled it down a little farther. (laughs) (laughs) He can figure it out. Good luck, bitches. (laughs) See if you can match my record. (laughs) Then that means you have to let him drive twice. That's okay. He can have it for the weekend, I told him. Saturday and Sunday. So. You treat him so nice. I know. He's, He's so welcome. lucky. <laughs> he was so pumped when, Aww. like, we got in and stuff. He's like, can I drive it? And the guy was like, are you a spouse? And he's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, you're fine. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> Hands off. Would you like to tell me your goddamn Stacy? I would. And actually, Lee almost told you the goddamn uh, on game night when we had everybody over and we're playing games. Really? He almost told you guys. And I was like, oh, stop. Shh. Oh, I think I remember that. I was drunk. <laughs> I was not because I got baby in me. You do. But yeah, Lee almost told the story. So, and I've been hanging on to this one for the podcast. But the other day after work, it was dinner time and Lee got home before me and he decided that we're going to have steak and potatoes and broccoli. And I was like, God damn, that sounds titties. Bomb. Yeah. Yeah. And I was so excited. And when I walked in, I could smell like the smell of the grill. And I, I was like. smell the smell that smelled smelly (laughs) indubitably (laughs) with my smeller and I was like god damn what are we having and he's like I'm grilling steak and I was like fucking I love you this This is exactly what you married him for exactly Mm -hmm. and so he goes outside and I'm doing the dishes like trying to clear the sink because we let them go for too fucking long Mm, (laughs) and for everybody in podcast land that doesn't know my house layout it's like my sink a window and then the grill was like on the other side of the window but like just past the patio cover right so i could see it very clearly but it's not like against the window or like on my house or anything Mm -hmm. and so i'm doing the dishes and lee comes in and he goes i burned my finger and i was like oh shit like put it under cold water so that it'll stop burning so you don't get like a blister or anything but i have like scolding hot water because i was doing the dishes so i was like yeah and you do like extra extra hot like lava yeah and so i was like but not this water because it's like lava yeah 
And so he is doing his thing at the sink and I'm like, I got to go pee. And so I go into the master bathroom and I'm about to go pee and I'm like, there's no toilet paper. So I go to go get more toilet paper and halfway down the hallway, I happen to look up and Lee is standing at the sink and now he started doing dishes because he's like he started. Yeah, he was rinsing his finger off and then now he started doing dishes and I look up and there's a fucking wall of flame behind (laughs) my husband in the window. What? And I was like, uh, fire, fire, fire. And he had the sink going so he couldn't hear me. And he like looked over at me and he was kind of annoyed and like turned off the water and he's like, what? And I was like, fire. Like I was freaking out so much. (laughs) All I could say was fire. And my son was next to me. And so he's at the age that he thinks it's funny to mimic stuff. So he started pointing and he's like, fire, fire. And like (laughs) laughing. And I'm like, shit, there's a fire. The grill had fucking caught on fire and not just like a little bit of fire. Like the grill was on fucking fire. Really? Yeah. Like outside? Uh, yeah. And so I scooped up my son and Lee ran to the door and he opens the door and I could just see him looking at me like, what do you do? And I was like, put it out, put it out. You have a hose right there. <laughs> exactly. And so he goes out there and he still stands there for a minute and you could see this like internal debate because it's like, I don't want to ruin my steaks. <laughs> well, it's not even that. It's like a grease fire and you're not supposed to put water on oh. it, but the flames were so high that thank god it was like a little outside the patio but still like the patio cover yeah yeah but i was still like oh my god it's gonna burn our fucking house down and as i was looking i could see the like hose going to the propane tank and there was just fucking fire everywhere oh my god put that shit out you don't want that thing to explode yeah yeah exactly and then so lee eventually gets the hose out and he starts spraying it and i take my son out towards the front of the house because i'm like if that thing fucking blows i don't know i don't want glass flying everywhere yeah I've never been around when one blew up, but I was like two blocks away from one and it felt like a bomb went off in my yard. <laughs> yeah, that should have like blown the side of your house off. Hell yeah. So I was like, I want to get him out front, but I was like still standing in the doorway like, is he getting it out? Like, are we all going to blow up or what? Yeah. Do I need to get take cover in a bathtub? Yeah. Like what the fuck's happening? And also, did I just lose my husband to a fire? <laughs> and so- uh, Peace be with you on your journey. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he gets the fire out. The grill is fucking toast. Really? Like, we have to buy a new grill. Oh my God. It's bad. I guess like the <laughs> grease on the bottom, it needed to be clean and it caught on fire and it had gone for a while. And we, when Lee went outside the first time and he burned his hand- he burned his hand on something that shouldn't have been really, really hot, but it was really, really hot. He had oh. like a little mini grill flashlight and he like touched it and it burned him. And that normally doesn't get very hot. So it must have been on fire already. Yeah. And, and he just didn't notice. Like he didn't lift the grill or anything. Oh my God. I don't know exactly what he did, but had to be on fire for a while for it to be like that big <laughs> of a ball of flame. That's insane. And then he comes walking in and he's got the steak in the tongs. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, can we still eat it? <laughs> it's like charred. <laughs> it was so burnt. And he goes, I don't think it's good. And I was like, I'll eat that shit. <laughs> and he cut it up and it was the best goddamn steak I've ever eaten. <laughs> it was so fucking good. <laughs> so if he goes to make steak again, you're going to be like, do whatever you did last time. <laughs> yeah. Can you almost catch the house on fire? Oh my God. You know when uh, Brandon... I was gonna say fucking caught the grill on fire here and me my brother was over and Brandon was at the sink but you can't see our grill from there yeah, and also the opposite direction it touches our house and it's on a wood balcony so <laughs> all the things that like it's not safe <laughs> to have a grill here yeah and um it started to flame up and it was going up the side of the house and I was like oh, there's a fire shit. there's a fire and Brandon was like it's fine and I was like no babe the grill is on fire and he's like it's <laughs> 
fine. He wouldn't even turn around. And I was like, it's on fire. And he finally turned around and was like, oh, shit. I'm like, motherfucker. Like, do I have to tell you I'm getting raped for you to come over here? <laughs> Pay attention. Yeah, seriously. Oh. I was so pissed at him. That's oh, not. Man. That was the first time he almost lit our house on fire. But <laughs> the other one's a story for another time. <laughs> Man, it's a miracle we're alive. Seriously. Especially in this house. It's all fucking wood. It is a giant death trap. Yeah. But I'm glad that you guys made it out, too. That's a solid goddamn. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely a solid goddamn. We were, like, shaking and laughing and giggling after. Like, I don't feel all right. (laughs) Like, I can't sleep tonight. (laughs) I literally thought he was going to blow up. (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, hedge your bets. (laughs) Well, got damn i said god damn are you ready for my story i am so ready okay i trust you you should take us on this journey let's go stacy Aaron. this is the story of the murder of scott dell all right of dell computers did he get murdered (laughs) do 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 is that the dell song dude you're getting a dell that's what it used to yeah. be. <laughs> you I was like, commercial? no, I'm not. And then I <laughs> did remember I had a flashback to that commercial. <laughs> the kid with the long hair. Anyway, okay, so Scott Dell, probably not from Dell Computers. In 1970, in Wilberforce, Ontario, Scott Dell, who was 18, met Cheryl Dell, but her last name wasn't Dell then. <laughs> I was like, wow, coincidence. <laughs> I don't know her maiden name, but she was 15. All right. And they met at a party and they began dating. I feel like 15 and 18 is a big gap for that age, but that's okay. I know. It's kind of weird, but it's the 70s. Everybody was doing some crazy shit. Different times, man. Also, once you hear a little bit about Cheryl, you'll realize that maybe 15 wasn't that big of a gap for her. Oh, all right. When Scott would recount the story of when they first met, he would say that like at some point in the night at that party, he stopped and he helped light like a cigarette that Cheryl was smoking. (gasps) Like a gentleman? Like a fucking gentleman. And in that instant, he knew they had met for a larger purpose. Oh. He'd been put on this earth to take care of her. Aww. (laughs) I just licked my microphone screen. (laughs) That's going to sound weird. (laughs) There was like a lot of like really poetic shit in this story. And Mm -hmm. I'm so not that. So I'd be like, "Eh, I'm not putting that. Mm -hmm. But I'll speak to it when it happens. (laughs) Yeah. You wouldn't have been swept off your feet by this guy is what you're saying. No, no, no. I would not have. But obviously he was like head over heels for her. Yeah. So Scott and Cheryl, they were both described as like unique people and free spirited. Mm-hmm. Scott was really because it's the seventies. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You can see where this is going. Yeah, I think everyone was described <laughs> that way then, but that's fine. Oh, he doesn't wear clothes. He's free spirited. <laughs> oh, is he smoking pot? What a free spirit! How long is his hair? He's such a free spirit. Did he go to Woodstock? What a free spirit! That was the sixties, right? Sorry, everyone. <laughs> don't be mad. Yeah. What happened in the seventies? Don't be mad. I don't know facts. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay. So, Scott was, like, a really intelligent guy. Dell. Okay. Yeah. Go on. (laughs) Did he make computers? Yeah. (laughs) But he was a really lazy student, and he dropped out of high school. Oh, okay. So, he never got a high school degree. Mm -hmm. And Cheryl was a bit more troubled. Uh Like I said before, it might make some sense why she was 15 at a party smoking cigarettes in the 70s. She claims that she was molested at a young age by her grandfather. Ooh, that's Uh, icky. I shouldn't say it like she claims, because if it's true, that's awful to be like, doubt her. But yeah, she kind of lies a lot. You'll see. <laughs> but according to her, this ha- that's what happened. According to her, this happened. At 12, she got spinal meningitis, and Ooh. she spent 10 months in the hospital. God damn. What the fuck, right? Yeah. And her father said that when she returned from the hospital, that she came back with a split personality. Oh. Uh, 
Oh, yeah, that's not just a thing. <laughs> you can just get one of those? Did she catch it? <laughs> I guess. But also, I'm like, you let your 15-year-old daughter go to a party. You're probably not the best parents. Also, she got molested. Not to say that you're an awful parent if that happens, but like... Well, but also, if she just starts getting in trouble, he could be like, oh, I don't know, ever since she got that spinal meningitis. Like yeah. a way to, def- not diffuse, but deflect the blame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For like, so, like your not parenting. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so eventually she ends up dropping out of high school as well. Oh, just to give you a little background about these folks. Okay. And then in April 1970, shortly after they met, Cheryl, at the age of 15, was admitted to the hospital after a three-day high. She was tripping on acid and speed. Acid and speed, though, huh? Yeah. At 15. Three days, she was high, tripping on the shit. And they're like, we should take her to the doctor. Can you be high for three days if you do it once? Or is that like you have to be continually using it? I think she was continually using it. I don't really know because I didn't do acid or speed. Yeah. Although, don't they say if you like crack your knuckles, if you did acid in like the 70s, you can crack your knuckles today and have like a flashback? Yeah, I think that's a wives tale. I don't know that for a fact, but I... (laughs) I think it's a wives' tale. I would like to think that it stores in your fucking knuckle pocket. (laughs) (laughs) If I had ever done fucking acid, or I thought it was like LSD too or something, but if I had ever done it, I would have so many trips. (laughs) Cracking. (laughs) Hang on one minute. I need to crack this knuckle. Hang on a minute. I don't want to be in this meeting anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I can see your words. I can hear my hair growing. Okay, so she goes to the hospital from tripping on speed and acid, Mm -hmm. and she was assessed, and the hospital determined that she was an immature, this is a quote, immature, manipulative, and an an histronic young lady who is experiencing severe emotional problems. Because it's the 70s and they're like, oh, she's on her period? She's insane. She's hysterical. She had, yeah. Oh my gosh. Remember when they used to like fucking lock up people for hysteria? Yeah. Specifically women when they were on their period? Yeah. Do you remember any Stephen King book? (laughs) I remember them all. It's like a lady's kid dies and she's screaming and a man comes over and slaps her. (laughs) (laughs) And then she calmed down. I'm like, what the fuck? That's not what would happen if you came over and slap me that i would not calm the fuck oh, down sir you're right i shouldn't have been freaking out over this fucking tragedy now your ass is dead yeah so anyway despite all the craziness with fucking cheryl scott still falls in love with her and on new year's eve they got married scott was 20 and cheryl was 17 oh okay young love yeah 17 i wonder if you have to have parental consent at that age at that time shit and on the 70s you could do anything yeah that's probably true in february of 1971 so a few months after they were married cheryl was admitted to the hospital because she od'd on 75 fucking aspirin 75 70 fucking five that sounds like a (laughs) way too many a suicide attempt Uh, yeah yeah that's what i was going for well when they like i don't know what they did fucking pumped her stomach or whatever and when she would like look back at the memory or tell people about it she would laugh and joke about the overdose like she thought it was funny maybe it was like a cry for help she has a lot of things for cries for help (laughs) so in spring of 75 a couple years later cheryl leaves scott and goes and works as a stripper in toronto okay and then she gets pregnant (laughs) i don't know why i'm laughing it's just (laughs) such a wild fucking turn well is it she was just doing fucking acid and it's true it's just like you know you do that shit before you get married yeah you're supposed to but she was only 17 that's true and she's like you know what i'm gonna live my life and live for me and i I want to go sow my oats (laughs) as a stripper in toronto (laughs) and then i'm gonna get fucking pregnant by a client i'm just assuming it was a client so in early 1976 so a year after she left 
or close to, I don't know, six months after she left, Scott took her back and adopted the child as his own. Oh, he yeah. sounds like He's, a guy. Right? He, like, really loves her. Yeah. They also ended up having a child together, and they adopted another baby. Wow. Because like, I'm going to jump a bunch of years. So now they have a family of three, and it's the two of them, right? Okay. So cut to 1992, and they're, like, living happily ever after. Cheryl decides to join an incest survivor group, because remember she says that her grandpa, grandpa touched her where she peed when she was little? <laughs> <laughs> and I do remember that. There, she meets a former nun who is six years older than her, and they become lesbian lovers. Okay. She's just, you know, got to try all the angles, right? She's tasting all the water. Ew. (laughs) Is that not how you say that? (laughs) It's not the euphemism I would have chosen, but... (laughs) Oh, God. So, Cheryl asks Scott if her new lover can come move in with him, and he's like, nah. Yeah, no, thank you, though. No, yeah. So he refuses, and Cheryl leaves Scott again. Okay, with three kids now. Well, she attempts to get full custody of the children, and she does this by lying and saying that Scott abuses the kids and abuses her, and that she saw him, like, molesting the daughter and all this other oh crazy shit. Oh, my God, shit. what goes, a bitch. fucking crazy, yeah. So there was, like, multiple stories that were made up, and each one the authorities would look into, and they would find them not to be true. Okay. So well, good, at least. Yeah. So Scott was, like, a nice guy, and they were like, okay, he's nice. You need to stop saying all this crazy-ass shit. Yeah. So in March of 93, the couple file for divorce, and it gets really nasty. Because before they were just separated, and she wanted full custody of the kids, but now it's, like, a paper filing of the divorce, and shit gets really nasty. Yeah. And... The judge orders her to leave the family home. Like, the way it gets nasty is she starts making more and more lies about him and, like, spreading rumors and, like... Being an all-around Lawsuits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, bad. Yeah. (laughs) But I didn't write down all the stories because there was a lot. Okay. So the judge orders Cheryl to leave the family home and that the custody of the children has to be split. So, like, you guys need to fucking split up and you can share custody, but, like, just fucking be cool, man. Yeah, go away from each other. You're clearly not good for each other. So Cheryl's like, you know what? I have an idea. I'm going to take the kids and I'm going to run away. Oh. So she takes them. Sounds like a classic Cheryl plan. (laughs) Yeah. And she flees. And then she uh, ends up taking the kids to child to like a child protective agency and insists that they have to be evaluated for abuse because she wants to like back up her claims that her husband uh-huh. was abusing the kids. But they won't have any. No, no, no. They were like, the kids are perfectly fucking happy and they're fine. And everybody was saying that like she would try to keep the kids away from Scott. And every time Scott would come over, those kids would like hit the door running. Like they wouldn't even let them inside because they were so excited and they'd be climbing all over them. And everybody's like, you wouldn't act like that to your abuser. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he wasn't doing shit to the kids. Mm-hmm. So through all of this, Scott cooperates with the police. And at one point, he says that she was known for having these, like, periods, but that she always recovered from them. So it's almost like he was defending her. Like, this is normal for her to behave this way. To she's be a going... fucking psycho for a while. Yeah, she's going through a phase. <laughs> Not just a phase, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> She'll get better. Okay, well, I mean, he still sounds like a really nice guy. Yeah. People close to him said that he knew that she was taking a... Uh, advantage of him and like abusing him but he was still like head over heels for her so he would just like do whatever the fuck she wanted even if she was so nasty to him right before and then she was like hey i need a ride he'd be like there Ugh, that sucks i know poor guy it's gonna suck worse (laughs) all right at one point cheryl made a voodoo doll oh of scott did it work (laughs) let's just jump into the worst part (laughs) and cheryl's lover the nun uh-huh does the nun was the nun like yeah voodoo's fine in my household <laughs> i think they were all afraid of cheryl so they just kind of like 
were like, you do you and I'm going to walk away. You do that voodoo that you do. <laughs> hey I'm going to be over here with Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch me. <laughs> also, are nuns allowed to have um, relations? Well, she was an ex-nun. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I don't know she what She wasn't that means. a practicing sister. No, 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 no. Okay. So that nun lover says that... <laughs> nun lover? What? <laughs> that nun lover. You know, Cheryl's nun lover. <laughs> said that she had a voodoo doll and made it look like Scott. And the way she did that was by buying some sort of waxy stuff. And she like shaped it into his shape. And then she put ropes and pins and ribbons on it. And then she burned it. Okay. Fuck that the fuck no it sounds like something i would do in middle school <laughs> yeah but like this is a grown-ass adult with a family yeah does and it then, have to be a special wax i wonder i don't know what i'm not telling you because i don't need a voodoo doll of myself i wouldn't make one of you <laughs> i would put it at a desk and be like i wish good things <laughs> as you're shoving a tack into its eyes no i would never i don't know what the waxy stuff was I maybe it's like, just wax beeswax <laughs> like you could do it out of fucking play-doh oh you, you could go. make a voodoo doll look like somebody. I couldn't. You'd yeah. be like, who is that? And I'd be like, a generic person. <laughs> it's just a person. Don't worry about it. Has your hair on it. Oh, yeah. what? <laughs> Come here. Give me that gum. <laughs> Spit I that need gum a out. piece of you. <laughs> okay. So after three months of Cheryl and her nun lover being together, mm-hmm. the nun lover was like, I want the fuck out of this relationship, especially if she's making voodoo dolls of people. Yeah. And I'm out. You crazy. Yeah. And there's like a lot of drama around this lady. So she tried to leave Cheryl, but she decided to OD on antidepressants. And by she, I mean Cheryl. She decided to? Yeah. Cheryl like, was like, no, don't leave me. And then she took all these antidepressants and overdosed. Ugh. She's like the clingiest, neediest girlfriend that fucking fakes shit all the time. Fucking right. So her nun lover decided to stay in the relationship for several more months. Because of this overdose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was obviously a victim. She was like, uh, you're fucking traumatizing me. I'll stay for a little bit longer. So oh she my stays God. for a couple months. And then That in, sucks. Yeah, I know. Poor lady. I know. And then spring of 94, Scott was diagnosed with throat cancer. Ooh. And mouth cancer. Ooh. And the prognosis was really poor. Like, you ain't gonna live. Poor guy. And so he underwent treatment. But by 95, he was cancer-free. So the treatment worked. (gasps) Nice. Ta-da. Good for him. And while he was being treated for cancer, Cheryl ended up breaking up with her nun lover. And she finds a second lesbian lover. Okay. So she's just going all in on that lesbian. She's doing all sorts of things. All right. But I guess while Scott had the cancer, he was all about living life for his kids. He wanted to be around long for his kids. And because... One of the treatments for mouth cancer was possibly to remove your tongue. He wouldn't be able to talk. Yeah. And so one of his favorite things to do with his kids was to read them stories at night because they were young. So he recorded himself reading their favorite stories. Oh, that makes me cry. I know. He was such a fucking sweet man. So Cheryl and her new lover began looking for a new home. And Cheryl tells the real estate agent that her ex is really sick with cancer and that she would be getting his estate when he died so she'd be able to afford the monthly payments on the house. Okay. Like, I can afford this because my ex is going to die and I'm going to come into a lot of money. Um, Was Scott better by this point? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shady. Yep. And so, obviously, him having cancer really pleased her. And Ew, that's an awful sentence. Yeah, yeah. Her lovers, like both lesbian lovers, attested to that. Like, yes, she was very happy to hear that he had cancer. God, what a bitch. And she would say things like, I wish his cancer would hurry up and kill him. Oh my God. Yeah, she's fucking awful. 
So when she found out that he was in remission, she got fucking pissed. Like, literally, she was visibly angry and, like, shaking, clenching her fist and shaking because she was so mad. And then she started asking, like, where she could get a hitman. What? Openly. Like, her lovers witnessed this. Oh, God. So one day... She sounds like a peach. She's an old Georgia peach. (laughs) (laughs) So one day, Cheryl's cat was acting really weird on the lawn. Uh Uh-huh. And it was, like, convulsing and shit. And it's acting pretty weird, yeah. Cheryl was like, oh, fuck, we got to take my cat to the vet. So, uh-huh. so uh, her and her neighbors, they take the cat to the vet, and they find out that the cat had died. Oh. And she, when she was told about the cat's death, she showed, like, no emotion at all. And she just wanted to know how the cat died. And they found out that the cat died from antifreeze. Like, it drank antifreeze and died. Oh. Yeah. Did she fucking test out antifreeze on this cat? I actually don't know. Like, that part of the story wasn't in there. I don't know if the cat licked it off the ground uh-huh. and died or if she gave the cat antifreeze to see what would happen. Oh, what a bitch. I hate it. But the neighbors claim that because of the cat's death, it prompted this, like, really odd discussion between them and Cheryl where the neighbor was explaining to Cheryl that antifreeze is really sweet and Cheryl wanted to know how much antifreeze was needed to kill a person. And the neighbor was like, oh, let me tell you the exact amount because I fucking know that. Well, it was like the neighbor's husband that was explaining this to her. So I imagine it's like if if a guy trying to mansplain a thing. Yeah, exactly. Like if you were to ask Brandon what a turbo is, (laughs) what it does. (laughs) And then you're like, how many turbos would it take to kill someone? And he'd be like, oh, probably at least 35. The wind is blasting so fast. I don't know. You know, like one of those. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know what the neighbor answered (laughs) for that question. But the neighbor explained to Cheryl that it's so unnoticeable. Antifreeze is so unnoticeable, undetectable to like the human taste bud that it could be mixed with orange juice or wine. And if drank in the the dark and the person had no idea, like if you gave this person this drink in the dark, because it's obviously fucking neon, right? Yeah. So you would notice it. That's bright. That's why people today mix it with Gatorade. I fucking know. That's awful, right? Yeah. Speaking of, you have a fucking container of Gatorade in your fridge or like a, what's that called? A oh, pitcher. A pitcher, yeah. Like lemonade or something. And when I looked at it, I was like, you're being poisoned with antifreeze. It's literally Gatorade. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he was like, hey, if this person drank it in the dark and they didn't notice that it was antifreeze, they would fucking die because you couldn't taste it. It's, it's not a it's not a clean way to go either. It's not a pleasant no, way to go. No, no. So shortly after... This conversation, Scott comes to visit Cheryl, and she offered him a glass of OJ, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he declined because after his cancer, he wasn't allowed to have anything acidic. Oh, good, because of all of his little surgeries or something like that. And I guess he found it odd, and he like openly stated to her and the lover who was there, like, you know, I can't have orange juice. Like, why are you offering it to me? That's really weird. Yeah. So uh, he thought that was the weird part. Yeah. Get out of here, you fucking weirdo with your orange juice. Yeah. Not taking any glasses of orange juice. You know, I can't have orange juice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I really want it, though. (laughs) Maybe just a sip. So moving forward. Then late on December 29th of 1996, I think. The dates were kind of hard to track down, but in the late 90s. Okay. Cheryl asks her her lesbian lover to go check on Scott at his home. <laughs> like, I could just keep calling her a lesbian lover. <laughs> well, shit, man. I don't want you, Like, the nun lover and then the lesbian lover. The second one's called the lesbian lover because I didn't write anyone's goddamn name down. <laughs> All right. I feel you. <laughs> so she asks her lesbian lover to go check on Scott. I guess they were, like, pretty close. Like, they would go to each other's houses often to, like, drop off the kids and all this shit. Yeah. So she was like, go check on Scott because she was concerned for his well-being. And when the lover arrives, she finds that Scott's house, 
his door is open to Uh-oh. the house. And the Christmas lights are on because this is December 29th, shortly after Christmas. And the sound of a record album is at its end and just like spinning and spinning and spinning. Oh, that's so creepy. Fucking creepy. And upstairs, curled up on the floor, she found the lifeless body of Scott Dell. Oh, no. Bum, 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 bum. I bet we can all guess how he died. Was it antifreeze? It was antifreeze. So Cheryl convinced Scott to come over earlier that day and pick up a bottle of quote unquote homemade wine. Okay. Don't ever take homemade wine from anybody. No. Especially if it's fucking neon. First of all, I'd be like, did you stomp these grapes? You did it wrong. <laughs> this tastes funky. I don't want your toes in my, in my wine. It looks real weird. Anyway, obviously the wine had been laced with antifreeze. It's very sweet wine. I know. That's what I was thinking. Like, maybe he thought it was like a dessert wine? Yeah. Anyway, fun fact, four ounces of antifreeze is lethal. Four ounces? That's small, right? It's I mean, like if two you think shots. Of like, well, an ounce is, or an ounce and a half, I think, is a shot. Yes. Yeah, okay, that's like three shots. Yeah. Get your math right. <laughs> Whatever. It's like three and some change. We know. We all know we're about accuracy here. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there was so much antifreeze in the wine that it was neon. There uh. was like a picture of the crime scene photos, not of like the dead body. I didn't see any of those, but like of his desk where he had been sitting and drinking the wine, and the bottle is there, and then there's like a full glass, and. It, well, I don't know if it was full. There's wine in the glass. And it looks like fucking Gatorade. Really? Yeah. Why and would he you wasn't like, drink oh, that? Maybe it's like white wine. It was supposed to be white wine. Yeah, but it was neon. Like, yeah. you'd pour that and you'd be like, this is not the right color of wine. Yeah. That doesn't look right. Maybe it was like, he went to taste it, though. And, like, you're not expecting to be poisoned. So you're just like, oh, it's just sweet. Like, I guess it's all right. Like, this must be a Gatorade wine. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody, don't drink fucking neon wine. <laughs> yeah, don't drink neon well, I would say that, but I drink a rock star like yeah, every morning. Yeah, that's true. That shit's you know like what? Actually, neon. neon wine sounds kind of cool. Neon should make wine. It a thing. Yeah. Neon, neon wine. wine parties. Neon yeah. wine. <laughs> okay, anyway, so Cheryl tells Scott when he came to pick up the bottle of wine, she's like, go home and drink this whole bottle because she claims that she had a dream that he would have spiritual visions after drinking it and that she was trying to help him on his spiritual journey. So she was like, I'm poisoning you. Yeah. <laughs> with drugs, at least. But in under the guise of a spiritual journey. And he was like, oh, I'd love to have a spiritual journey. I need to be in touch with my spirit. If someone was like, go drink this and go have a spiritual journey, I'd be like, I'm going to hard pass. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but remember, they were like eccentric and shit. Oh, yeah. They were yeah free spirits. Yeah. And she had like fucking voodoo dolls. I'm well, sure he could have been like, my spirit is gone right now. It's free. Yeah. So I'll catch up later. But evidently, he was like, I need to open my eyes to this spiritual journey that you're claiming to have had so after scott leaves to go drink his bottle of wine cheryl's lesbian lover claims that cheryl got out a bunch of candles and these like wiccan books and started doing these ritual prayers on her voodoo doll i don't know if the voodoo doll was involved okay but she started doing some weird shit right Uh uh-huh so then i don't i guess she had him call her or whatever they were on the phone while he was drinking the wine cheryl and scott yeah cheryl and scott were on the phone while because cheryl wanted to make sure that he drank the wine and that he didn't have the opportunity to like call 911 or anything (gasps) so she like kept him on the phone 
And they spoke for nine hours. Nine while hours? While he drank this wine. Nine fucking hours. Was he like, my tummy hurts. I'm throwing up. I guess his speech started to get like really slurred. And they began talking about like getting back together. All this other shit. Like Aww. she would really sweet talk him and then talk shit right behind his back. What a bitch. At the end of the phone call, he started to like gasp and sputter when he was dying. Because like you said, it's not a pretty death. And he said, one of the last things he said was... You're here with me. I can see your spirit before he died. Oh, my God. That's creepy, right? What the fuck? And she's on the phone like, yes, baby, that's my spirit. First of all, it's sad that he was still so absolutely in love with her and, like, literally being poisoned by her and still, like, oh, my gosh, thank you for being here for me. Exactly. While you fucking poisoned me. I guess some of his, like, because he had a couple girlfriends or at least one girlfriend, and he was, like, obsessed with cheryl like even if they did anything he was always like oh cheryl would love this like oh my god yeah I'm like whoa bro that would not fly with me i'd be like yeah can some you stop talking about her red flags yeah so the next day when when scott doesn't pick up his kids for visitation that's when cheryl asked her lover to like check on him because she knew that he was dead yeah and she didn't want to be the one to find him yeah when cheryl was interviewed by the police she said his cancer had come back and that he must have died from from it. You know what's really suspicious <laughs> is offering up solutions. Yeah. You know what I think it could be? I think his cancer came back. And He's died. dead. His his cancer. It was probably his, he, did you know he had cancer? It yeah. probably came back. Oh, he was. I know he was in remission. It probably oh, came no, back. No, no, no. no, it came back. Or that he committed suicide because it came back and that he couldn't dream of going through treatment again. Yeah. Or something. So he offed himself. But everybody around him was like, "That is not him." That would never be him. He wanted to live for his kids, yeah. clearly. Remember? So she then tries to cremate the body really quickly so that they can't do an autopsy. Yeah. And the whole family is like, no, bitch. Fuck you. Yeah, good. <laughs> off. And so he has an autopsy done, and they test his body, and they find that he had no cancer anymore. Like, he still had no cancer, and that he had died from antifreeze poisoning. Uh, so she was fucking busted. And then they were like, hey, what's in this gate? Why is there Gatorade in this wine glass? Why is this wine neon? Yeah. <laughs> Let me take a sip. <laughs> Let, no, don't take a sip at a crime scene. Are you kidding me? You'd be an awful detective. <laughs> well, I mean. Ooh, it's like wine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Bear Grylls teaches you. He says to like rub the berries on your lips to see if they're poisonous. If your lips go numb. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you just rub the neon wine on your lips. Yeah, you just dip your tongue in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I almost licked the screen again. Okay, so Cheryl's lesbian lover later testifies that Cheryl had mixed the wine and the antifreeze like concoction up right in front of her. And the lover wasn't like uh, the fuck? Bad idea. No, she was. She was freaking out. Uh, she watched Cheryl pour the, the wine, the wine and antifreeze shit back into the bottle and like i said the lover was freaking out and cheryl kept telling her to shut up because she was like what the fuck are you doing what's going on and then so the lover just went along with it like clearly it was an abusive relationship yeah but then the next day when she's like oh my god go check on scott yeah you you would you know know at that point you're like oh i wonder what i'm gonna walk into i didn't specify because i just kept writing lover and i tried to specify in this podcast now as i told the story but it might have been the nun lover that she had go check on him because they were still friends like the nun lover was really close with her kids so she would come around so it might have been the other lover there's too many fucking lovers listen ladies get your shit straight yeah they never will no we never will I guess Cheryl even called poison control to consult how much antifreeze is lethal. 
And poison control wasn't like, um, if you had any, you should pump your stomach. Well, like, why would they give her a fucking number? I can't remember how she put it, but the poison control lady testified during her trial, too, and said something like, the lady disguised herself, obviously. It wasn't like, hey, I'm Cheryl. How much is lethal? Yeah. But it was, like, asked in a weird way, like... Probably, like, a, hypothetically, if I were to have maybe drank some, like... Yeah, yeah. How like, much is am I not, okay? How much is too much? Yeah. So, eventually, Cheryl's lover comes forward to testify against her. And in 1997, August of 97, Cheryl's lover ends up dead. <gasps> what? And she was killed in an apartment fire. Um, a suspicious apartment fire? It wasn't suspicious for long. Cheryl was faced with another first-degree murder. Wait, and Cheryl wasn't in prison? She was either awaiting trial or it was while she was in prison because she confessed that she had hired a teenager to break into her lover's apartment and kill her. Oh, my God. And so the teen breaks in, and his plan was to cut her throat open, (gasps) but he finds the lover drunk, passed out, with a bunch of candles lit. So he changes his plan, and he flips over the table with the candles on it, and he runs out. And so she died in the fire that way. Oh, my God. I mean, first of all, that's probably better for the teenager because then he didn't have to do something. I mean, he did something awful. Oh, they they interviewed the teenager and he was like, it was like such a rush to do this. And as the flames went up, like he wanted to do it. And I guess Cheryl would call him like her prince and tell people in prison that she had this guy that would do anything for her. Like she was manipulating him. Why? How did she know this teenager? I don't know. But it must have been like, because I think he was getting like sexy time out of it. And I don't know if that came in like conjugal visits or if it was like before she went to prison or what the circumstances were. Gross. Yeah. But anyway, so she was given life imprisonment without chance of parole for 25 years in, like, the late 90s. Good. So, so she's, she's probably, still there? like, on fucking parole right now. No. <laughs> I, didn't get, I didn't get her, like, current story. She's probably, like, up for parole, but she won't get it because she's a psycho. Not. Hopefully not. She's super psychotic. Everybody, like, all the, because a lot of this came from, like, news articles and shit, too. And all the news articles are like, this bitch is crazy. Yeah. But, uh, fucking weird, right? God damn. Don't drink the neon wine. Don't drink the neon wine. There's so much more to the story. Obviously, I went crazy in the beginning and got, like, every little story of her being crazy. Yeah. And then towards the end, when it came to, like, her sentencing, I was like, man, she fucking got life in prison. (laughs) There's a bunch of stories about her in prison and shit, too, but... Oh, wow. Well, goddamn. Goddamn. All right, Aaron. Give me your goddamn motherfucking story. Yeah. Uh, I will. <laughs> if you could just not be so aggressive about it. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. So, I have to do a quick child warning on this one. Oh, son of a bitch. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. It's okay. But I'm doing it because it was actually a listener recommendation from Jackie. What's up, Jackie? What's up, Jackie? Okay. This one is about Skylar Kaufman. This is the one I made you do because I didn't even read it. I just saw the picture of the little girl and I was like, nope. Yeah. Not me. She was such a cute little girl. Not me. (laughs) Not me. Not today. Well, she was in third grade and she was a classical third grader. You know, she was in dance classes. She loved to dance and she liked music, swimming and summer camp and classic third grade little girl stuff. Hell yeah. Dude, third grade, you're real young. Yeah, uh, you're five in kindergarten, six, seven, eight. So she was eight. Oh my gosh. Actually, I think she was nine. (laughs) I literally, that's my next bullet. So May 9th, 2011 is when this story takes place. Okay. Skylar was nine years old and she lived in an apartment complex with her mom and her mom's mom. So her 
maternal grandmother. Okay. In Pennsylvania, Skylar was out playing with her friends in the, there was like a little U-shaped parking lot in their apartment complex, and that was not the only place that the kids could play, but it was a popular place that the kids could play. Okay. And so they were all out there playing in the parking lot. So then she was last seen at 5.30 in the afternoon in the parking lot, and she was wearing a Justin Bieber t-shirt and yoga pants. Aww. Yeah. It's so recent. I know, right? I was like... makes it worse. That was like literally the only reason that I wrote that, because I was like, oh dang, she was a believer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to note that. (laughs) So she was supposed to be home for dinner at 6 p.m. and she wasn't there. So her mom went out and was like, hey, where's Skylar? Mm-hmm. Nobody had seen her. And they start looking Every for Every mother's worst nightmare. Oh my God, right? Fuck that. Yeah. So they start looking for her and they call the police like pretty soon after. Good. Yeah. And the police arrive at 7.15. So she's supposed to be home at 6. Oh, and the police get there by nice. 7 Yeah. That's some good response time. I appreciate that. I know. Me too. And they were questioning the neighbors in the complex and whomever they could find. Uh-huh. Side note. Crazy that shit went down like an hour ago and then the police are there and it's like, okay, we got to find our guy. He's only like an hour away. Yeah. You know, most of the stuff is like a couple days later and you're like, oh my God, they're totally gone. But this guy could, yeah. I don't even know if it's a guy. I'm just assuming this here. This person but, could you know still be I mean? in the fucking yeah, area. Yeah. Yeah. Or could still be doing some nefarious shit. She, oh, I am assuming she doesn't make it. So I'm like, she could still be alive. <laughs> I'll stop. She could, but she, just stop. But just no. <laughs> but just stop. Okay. okay. So then at about midnight on that night, police found blood and one of her shoes in the apartment complex's basement. No. No. Yeah. Basement. Yeah. Basements are super sketchy. And also, I did not know that there was, like, communal basements in apartment complexes. I didn't either. But maybe because it's Pennsylvania. I was just going to say that. Yeah. We don't have basements here. No. We don't know what that's about. (laughs) No. Oh, my God. What a scary place to be as a little kid, too. Yes. Fuck that. So, there was one policeman in particular who was really credited like a lot in this case because if he didn't do exactly what i'm going to say here in two seconds like (laughs) the shit would not have been solved right so it's nearly midnight right Uh uh-huh it's dark out yeah obviously yeah this policeman notices a guy with blood on his shoe what on his black shoe how right where on his shoe (laughs) no no, but i mean like where was he was it just like some random dude walking by um it was like i guess among the people that he was questioning (gasps) oh yeah and so they were like "Mm, that's suspicious let's talk to this guy so then they find out his name is james troutman Uh uh-huh they go into his apartment and they find exercise clothing that was completely soaked in blood no now we're gonna back it up for a minute no yes I hate these fucking stories. Why did we do this? Why did we do this podcast? It was your idea, pretty sure. Don't yell at me. It was our idea. It was. It was a good idea. It is. At the time. So to back it up a little bit, it turns out that Skylar and her friend had been in this man's apartment. No. Three weeks before she went missing. No. Yeah. Why? According to Skylar's mom, James, the guy, had overheard one of the girls say that she had to use the restroom when she was at, when they were out playing in the parking lot. Uh-huh. And he was like, oh my god, I have one of those. <laughs> Do and, you want to use mine? <laughs> yeah, and so he lured them to his apartment. No. He locked the girls in there. No. But they were able to escape. 
What the actual fuck? Yeah. What the actual fuck? Did she say anything to her mom? Yes. Okay. So they had gone in there to use the bathroom and apparently they became nervous when they saw pictures of like naked ladies no. around the, like one thing said they were on the wall in the bathroom, which I was like, that's fucking weird. Yeah. I mean, like, what is this, a bar? Yeah, I guess it's weird to just have them out anywhere. Like, <laughs> oh, that's my naked ladies. Especially if you're having kids come over. That's weird. my wall of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly. That's my dick wall. <laughs> so they were able to leave, but the door had been locked. So it was like, that's fucking shady, right? How did they leave? They were like screaming and causing a ruckus. And I think he kind of like cut his losses at that point. And was oh. like, oh, fuck, right? Yeah. And then they were able to this. get out. Oh, my gosh. Skylar's mom called the police after that happened. Yeah. But she had the feeling that they were blowing her off. Oh, my gosh. No way. Yeah. And so it was just kind of dropped. I would never let my kid, not to be obviously hindsight, but I'd be like, you're not allowed to play outside alone. Right. Or like even with your friends, I must watch you at all times. Yeah. It's fucking creepy. Yeah. Ugh. And now we're moving. <laughs> and now we're moving. Exactly. Like that fucking guy is a weirdo. Yeah. So when he was being questioned by the police... He explained that situation away as, like, one of the girls accidentally locked herself in the bathroom and started, like, causing a ruckus in there and basically, like, freaked herself out or whatever and was screaming and causing a commotion and then, like... He unlocked it. Yeah, and then they they left. But he's trying to say, like, oh, it was an accident. That oh, my one gosh. girl was locked in the bathroom. It wasn't suspicious, but, like, the apartment door was locked. So he's what just the fuck? Shady, Yeah, right? yeah. Why didn't they just go pee in their own apartment? Because they were nine. Yeah, I know. But you really need to instill that stranger danger shit. Cause yeah. Like we mentioned before, I went into strange fucking houses. And I would have been like, oh my god, you have a bathroom? Cool. I need one of those. Yeah. So, a little bit of a, I, I found this fucking strange. James had a fiance who lived with him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was she name. there when the shit went down? Not when the girls were in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Not in that situation. But she was there the night of... This Skylar going missing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Her name is Heather. And she was in the apartment when the cops came looking or whatever. And so they were like, hey, take her too. Let's go question her, right? Yeah. She said she came home Monday and found James, like, hanging out on the couch or whatever. And so at about 5 p.m., he left the apartment to go play video games outside. What? Now, here's when I know you're lying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a video console outside. <laughs> what? What? Like, okay, it could have been a misquote from the article that I was reading, but that was the only, like, explanation <laughs> that you got as far as what he was doing. He left their apartment at 5. To go play video games. Yeah, outside. Weird. So, after 5 o'clock, she said that she heard a girl scream outside and heard her say no. Oh, no. Yeah. So then she heard, like, crashing sounds, and it sounded like someone was being thrown to the ground. Oh, my gosh. Did she look out a fucking window? So then she attempted to call her fiancé, because, like, he's outside somewhere playing, playing video, video games. games. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he heard it, too. Do you think she got on, like, the fucking Twitch stream and was like, excuse me, <laughs> did you hear it on yours? <laughs> was he streaming at the time? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> he didn't answer. Naturally. Yeah. I'm fighting the boss. <laughs> I can't talk right now. He called her back five minutes later and said that he was exercising at a local school. What? He's playing video games. Hey, he was. Apparently he left to go fucking exercise at a local school. That's stupid. And he hoped that everything was okay. What? Yeah. Why would he say that? Because she was probably like, um, I heard screaming outside. Are you still out there? <sighs> and he was like, oh my God, games? no, I'm over here now. I hope everything's okay. Ugh. 
God. Yeah. Okay. What a fucking creep, right? Yeah. He's a creep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just went full redneck. <laughs> I was like, that's not the song at all. <laughs> so then he comes home about 15 or 20 minutes later after they talked on the phone. Mm-hmm. And she after said, his exercise, his workout. Yeah, after his workout. And he was wearing exercise clothes. Yeah. And she said that he was covered in sweat and caked on mud. No. Ew, because it wasn't mud. It wasn't mud. <gasps> Why would she think he was in mud? I don't know. You're Why exercising like, at the school? Was it raining? I have so many questions. I don't think it was raining. Like, why would you not question that? Wait. Like, if Brandon came home and he was covered <laughs> in sweat and mud and he was like, I was working out, I'd be like, first of all, liar. Second of all, <laughs> why are you covered in mud? Yeah. Or and, what and I assume is And third of all, mud. that mud looks like blood. <laughs> Yeah, that mud is very red. I thought you were playing video games. But we are in San Diego, so it's probably clay, <laughs> which is kind of red. Yeah, but there's a difference. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. So he goes and throws all of his clothes in the hamper. and No, takes... no, no. You dispose of those properly. You should. I mean, if you're a murderer, you would yeah, think that you're yeah. going to dispose of your clothes. Also, if Brandon came home and he was covered in mud and then he put them in the hamper, uh-uh. I would... Uh-huh. I would be like, are you fucking kidding me? Straight First of the all, they wash. either go straight in the wash uh-huh. or you hose that shit off outside. Yep. Like, you're just going to ruin all the rest of this shit and yep. let that shit cake on, which mm-hmm. she said it was already caked on. But, you know. Well, you know, fucking semantics. <laughs> and then they had dinner. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, during the questioning, James eventually admits to killing Skylar. What the fuck? Yeah. And throwing her body in the apartment's dumpster. Oh, my God. Yeah. No. They go and they look and they find a trail <gasps> of blood from the basement to the oh. dumpster. And they find her body wrapped in a plaid blanket in oh there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Why? Wait a minute. How did he carry a body in daylight to a dumpster? Fucking right. And, no like, one, and it was trailing blood. At most, it would be like, what, 6 o'clock or something? Yeah, because she said she called at like 5 or something when she heard the screaming. Well, I mean, the girl was supposed to be home by 6 yeah. for dinner. Yeah. So sometime between then, like it was probably literally at oh my God. in that hour window, something that's oh when it's happening. Oh my God. What an awful piece of shit human being. Yes, absolutely. Aww. I concur. So James said that he strangled Skylar and sexually assaulted her no why why yeah and he hit her head on the concrete floor multiple times is that where all the blood came from yeah oh my gosh wait what killed her though it was a mixture of asphyxiation and blunt force trauma oh my god so she wasn't dead from the choke no like it was killing her probably and then he oh that makes me so uncomfortable yes he claimed that he was in a whiteout state. That's not a thing. Shut up. No. And that he had just, <laughs> quote, snapped. For what reason? Well, considering he tried to lure her and her friend back to his apartment three weeks before, I'm pretty sure, I think it's a safe bet that he was a pedophile yeah. and looking for oh. her because she seemed oh. to have been. Was she alive when he molested her? These are details I do not need. I was going to say, you know, I actually don't know that and I'm kind of glad that I don't yeah. know that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. He said that the reason for actually killing her was because he had to do it because once he brought her into the basement, he knew that she would get him in trouble. Okay, but you're in trouble now, and it's been, like, 10 hours. Can you just, like, not kill people? 
I mean, you shouldn't do anything to them, but she could still be alive and, like, go through ther- therapy. Yeah, right? Like, it could still be okay, though. You didn't get away with anything. No. You made it worse. Yes. Ugh. Well, so much worse. And yeah. also, like, if you sexually assault someone, that's fucking awful. But also, it's probably not a life sentence. Yeah. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? That's so sad. Yeah. She wasn't there long. No. Like, not to say that being there longer makes it better, but it's like, holy shit, that just happened. Well, think like, of the mom. six hours. Yeah. She was last seen no. at... Well, okay, she was last seen at 5.30, so it's not even an hour window. It's a Ugh, half 30. an hour window. Yeah. She was last seen at 5.30, and the mom expected her home at 6. Oh, Like, my that's God. fucked up. Yeah. Also... What a dick. I don't think that she was, like, lured into the basement this time, either, because no, he, they like, heard the screaming her. and the no and stuff, so, yeah. like... That shit sounds forceful. I wonder, did he just, like, did no friends see? Was she, like, walking back to her apartment or something when he snatched her up? Like, she was probably walking back to her apartment because it was to about be alone. the time. Yeah. yeah she, she was alone because none of the other kids knew anything. Yeah. What a fucking scumbag. Yes. So, James was charged with first-degree murder, and he pled guilty and received a life sentence without the possibility of parole. Good. Yep. So, he's locked up for his... I hope someone... Life. Fucking Gaddafi's his ass. Gaddafi. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I hope someone does too. What a total piece of shit, right? Yeah. God damn, that's awful. Yeah. That's so sad. Yeah. So, Jackie, you, first, you're welcome for doing that one. Second, I hate you for making me do that one. <laughs> Those kid ones are rough. Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, and she was such a sweet little girl. Aww. She had such a beautiful little smile and all the pictures and I was like I don't want to see this because I don't want to put a face to it but I know like you have to but yeah. I don't like it I know and it makes it so much worse when it's recent like these stories are so much easier to do when they're like in the fucking 1800s or early even early 60s 50s you're like oh yeah, yeah different times it's like a little bit more removed whereas now you're like oh that creep is still like fucking alive here yeah. yeah and like I have a kid now yeah that's not fucking cool Ugh, that's the worst. Ugh. My kid's never going to play by himself. My kid's not allowed to do shit. Yeah. Like, Mom, I'm just going to walk up the street to fucking Tanner's house. No. Nope. Like, no, you're not. Get the fuck back here. <laughs> yeah. Remember that time you had a stalker and your parents were like, just run to yeah. your friend's house? Yeah. Like, don't stop. Well, it's because I would walk to J-Man's house and they would say, like, if a car pulls up, don't talk to them. Don't get in the car. Just run. And I didn't realize that along the route to Jamie Ann's house was a stop sign. <laughs> and so as I was walking, cars would stop and I would fucking flat out book it. But like, come on, I was getting threat. Like I wasn't getting them. Well, I was getting them when I would answer the phone and then I'd give the phone to my dad because there'd be like a creepy guy on the phone. And my parents were just like, yeah, you can still walk over to your friend's house, which by the way was like four blocks away maybe oh god i mean it wasn't a long walk for a little kid it was a pretty short one but like long enough to where maybe mom and dad should go with me long it wasn't like to three where, doors down yeah if there's a person that's threatening your child or at least being like hey yeah. i know i've seen your child today and i'm gonna call because i'm a super creep and tell you about it like yeah. i'd be like you're not ever leaving the house again wearing. yeah yeah fucking weird different times man even then it was different times because times, your parents were like Eh, run <laughs> yeah i mean i think they were concerned and i remember them sitting me down and having a serious conversation but yeah when you chalk it up to everything it's just like man eh, run yeah just uh scream like hell yeah scream like hell fight bite Thanks, mom you don't want to just walk me down the street <laughs> well, i don't want to get taken your mom's small too <laughs> oh my god i forgot about that anyway yeah. so 
I haven't because I think about it all the time. Like, my bestie could not be here today, possibly. I don't think the person was serious. At least that's how I get through life. Yeah, exactly. That's a good way to look at it, I guess. <laughs> they were just kidding. Hmm. Well, goddamn. Yeah, seriously. Fucking goddamn. <laughs> all right. Well, if you guys want to see pictures and shit pertaining to this case, I'll put the picture of the neon wine up. And, uh. Ooh, I want to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to isgdpodcast.com. Or you can tweet at us at ISGD Podcast. And we're also on Facebook, same handle. Or you can email us at isgdpodcast at gmail.com. And snail mail Erin so she has something to look forward to when she goes to the P.O. Box. My most favorite part, P.O. Box 2764, Spring Valley, California, 91979. Whoop, whoop. And don't we have a listener goddamn do. today? It's Stephanie Buckner. Remember last week we had her husband yes her creepy murder husband <laughs> <laughs> yes that one so now it's hers i'm so excited me too i don't listen to these until we record them do you listen to them no okay here is samantha's goddamn coming in hot goddamn oh that's a good one <laughs> that's a real good one <laughs> i feel like i know her just by her voice i feel like she sounded like uh, jamie ann in that one. Oh yeah she sounds like my cousins. Does she? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. Where are your cousins from? Virginia? Kansas. Hey, Samantha. Samantha you live in Kansas? Kansas? <laughs> Damn it. Shit. Why do we say it at the same time? That's embarrassing. That's because we're the same person. Hindu, but a bleed. This has all just been a good joke. We're <laughs> actually one person doing a podcast. With throwing our personality. Voices. <laughs> <laughs> throwing our voices. Oh, shit. Thanks, Samantha, for your goddamn. You guys send us more goddamns. We'll keep fucking playing them. They're really entertaining to listen to. And also, subscribe, rate, and review Oh us yeah, on iTunes or whatever the hell you listen on. And tell your friends, tell your friends' friends, tell everybody, everybody, to listen to our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are doing an awesome job. We're slowly getting more and more listeners, and it's really fun, and we love it, and we love you. So please help spread the word. Thanks. Bye. Bye. And if you're all caught up on our podcast, stay tuned for a promo from Going West Podcast. Hey, this is Heath. And this is Daphne. And we're the hosts of Going West, a true crime podcast. Where we discuss various murders, disappearances, and serial killers. Each week, we go into the gory details of a new case. Like episode 5, which is about Dorothy Jane Scott, a single mother who is receiving threatening phone calls by a stalker and then mysteriously disappeared. Or the terrifying case of Dayton Leroy Rogers, the most prolific serial killer in Oregon history. You can find us on our Instagram at Going West Podcast or check out our website, goingwestpodcast.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. So make sure to check out our episodes and leave a review. Everybody in the world, keep it real and stay weird. Cheerio.